Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Tea with Janae. I'm your host, Janae Kirshner of Brooklyn View Photography, and I'm so excited to have you guys here. Tea with Janae is where we give real advice, tangible tips, and thoughtful insight about what it's really like to be a wedding photographer. So this week's episode, I'm so excited about because I literally have the sweetest guest ever. I have Lauren Fair of Lauren Fair Photography, and we're chatting all about what it's like um, breaking into the luxury wedding market and how to create authentic connections with planners and venues. So Lauren and I met a couple years ago through mutual friends, and she is just the nicest person. Her husband, they work together, their husband and wife team, Tim, uh, they're just the greatest, and they have a wonderful business, and I thought, who better to talk to about breaking into the luxury market than one of the top wedding photographers in the industry? So a little bit about Lauren and Tim is that they were named one of the 100 most inspiring and influential people in the wedding industry by the knot and one of the 75 best photographers in the world by brides magazine in 2018 which is incredible lauren and tim specialize in whimsical romantic elegant weddings both in the northeast and destinations around the world so i can't wait for you guys to listen it was really fun talking to her it's a really good episode and lauren has such great advice and I think you guys are gonna pick up a lot of good tips. Also, if you like today's show, and I hope you do, I would love for you to leave us a review on whichever platform you're listening on. This will help new listeners find us, and I would really appreciate your kind words. Be sure to visit us at www.tvjanae.com to read our latest blog post, join our newsletter, and our super fun Facebook group. So grab a cup of tea and enjoy the show. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, everyone. I'm back and I've got Lauren on the phone with me. Lauren, say hi to everybody. Hello, everyone. Janae, thanks for having me. Oh, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited. I can't wait for everyone to get to know you and know more about your business. And we've got such a good topic. So why don't you yes. say hi and uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your company and how you got started. Okay, sounds great. So I'm Lauren Fair, and my husband Tim and I have been wedding photographers for about nine years now. We started our business way back in um, 2010, and so this will be our ninth year together full-time. Tim joined me in 2011 after just a couple months of our business, and we shoot lots of weddings every year. We specialize in romantic and whimsical weddings. We also specialize in destination weddings. So we travel a good bit um, throughout the East Coast and West Coast and beyond. And we love working together. It's so much fun. And um, when we started, it was definitely a little bit different than it than it is now. Um, it's funny to think back on the beginning of our business and then all the steps we took to kind of get to where we are. So I'm really excited to share a little bit about our journey with you guys today. Um, but when we started, I mean, we just jumped in Head first, we had no backup plan. Um, both of us wanted to be photographers, and Tim is really good at business. And I also majored in business in school, so we we just jumped in head first um, and began shooting weddings. And 
it's grown to a crazy amount um, in the past 10, almost 10 years. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Oh, my goodness. So how is it working together? Oh, we love it. It's the best. Honestly, I can't imagine any other way. And I definitely think that every couple should not work together necessarily. <laughs> yeah. But um, for us, we have very complementary strengths and weaknesses. So it really helps us um, be a good team. Tim is really strong at finances and he handles all the contractual and legal and communication part of the business. And I focus more on the forward parts of the business, like marketing and business and social media, as well as approving all of our editing. So we have very clearly defined roles and we kind of don't overlap them very much. And that helps our marriage stay happy too. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. No, that's so good that you have like, you have a role and he has a role and you guys work it out. I mean, 10 years is like pretty incredible. So that's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it's fun. I can't believe it. We'll have to do something fun for our 10 year celebration. <laughs> I know. I keep thinking about that too. I'm like, what am I going to do for 10 years? But yeah, something epic. <laughs> I know. It's like, I guess a big, a big party in a bar somewhere or like a nice restaurant. I don't know. Yes. So fun. Invite me. <laughs> I, oh yeah. You got an invitation already. It's already printed. It's coming. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so I'm really excited to talk about today because I think this is a really great topic, um, especially for maybe people who have been in business for a while, like a couple of years, and they want to pretty much up level and get into the luxury wedding market, which I feel like you and Tim do such a good job at. And I, you know, like you, I feel like your photography is so beautiful and it's like, you have such a style and I would just, you know, how did you guys get your foot in the door to luxury weddings? Oh, well, thank you. First of all, that is so kind. I also love your work oh, thank you. <laughs> equally as much. Your work is so beautiful. Oh, um, thank you. It's fun how you meet friends in this industry and you have a similar style and you just kind of click and connect. So um, it's, a, it, you know, I'm glad I'm chatting with you about this because you're also an amazing film wedding photographer. So yes. it's fun to chat with you about it. But yeah, the luxury wedding market is its own um, is its own beast. It's a little bit different. I mean, when we were starting shooting weddings, to be perfectly transparent, we were booking weddings off of Craigslist. I mean, we were putting our work out there any and everywhere that we thought that any person who was 20 to 30 years old might be looking. Um, so, you know, given that we started at such a kind of word of mouth type of scenario with our business, our marketing plan is dramatically different mm-hmm. than it was almost 10 years ago when we were getting started. And it's also a different bridal market now than it used to be. I mean, when we started the business, nobody was using Instagram for business at all. Right. Yeah. Um, Pinterest was brand new. I mean, we barely barely even had a Pinterest page um, when we were getting married, which was 2011. And now brides are everywhere online planning their weddings in so many different places. So um, so not only has our work changed and the approach that we've brought to weddings changed, but the, the market itself has really changed. And there is this new niche in the wedding industry of these luxury weddings. Um, and I think it's maybe might be helpful to define a little bit what I view a luxury wedding as, because I'm yeah. sure that, you know, yeah, there's, there's so many different ways you could categorize a luxury wedding. But for me, when I consider a luxury wedding and kind of what that market looks like, number one, it's mostly brides and grooms with wedding planners. Um, Mm -hmm. that is different from, I think the mid-level market where a lot of couples are handling a lot of the business themselves and they are reaching out to vendors directly and they're hiring you directly. You're meeting with them directly. It's a much more, um, bride and groom centered market in that kind of middle range. And then I, I would say 
for us, any um, any time that a couple has a photography budget of at least six or seven thousand or higher, so I would categorize it maybe as like a seven thousand to really there's no cap. I mean, some people in our industry are charging thirty, forty thousand dollars for weddings. So, but that's kind of what I would say for our area. Um, the type of weddings we shoot, I'd say a luxury wedding is you know they're they're budgeting at least seven thousand, but realistically at least 10 is a lot of the luxury weddings that we're doing. So, um, so that's kind of how I define luxury wedding markets. And your question was, how do we get our foot in the door? Yeah. Because yeah. going from Craigslist weddings to luxury weddings is, is kind of a jump. <laughs> yeah. That's a big one. A big leap. Yeah, a big leap. Yeah, absolutely. And it definitely didn't happen overnight. Um, we put so many hours in shooting so many weddings of all different types, shapes, sizes, locations, um, for so many years before I really think that we honed in on the luxury market. And a big part of that for us was in 2013, we started shooting film, um, film photographers. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's so fun. That's when I incorporated too. I was 2012 to 2013. That's when that happened for me too. That's so, that's so fun. Oh, cool. Yes. I love that. Yeah. I'm not sure what it was about that year, but um, I discovered film for the first time and I had a friend who shot in film in a very different style than we shoot, but his work is amazing as well. And he kind of got me started with that. And I just dove right in and I bought a contacts in at the tail end of 2012. And I started incorporating it into our client work in 2013. Um, and that was when we really found our signature look and our signature style. And all of a sudden it didn't become so much of like, oh, let me, let me see what edit I like. It became, I know what I like, and this is what I'm going to keep doing. Mm -hmm. So that was a big turning point for us. 2013, really into 2014 to the beginning of 2015, I think was our biggest year and a half or so of growth and honing our style and, you know, really tailoring our approach and our experience of what we wanted our couples to feel when they, when they booked with us, um, that really changed in those years. And that kind of set the trajectory for the next five years, which brings us to now 2019. Um, so we really got our foot in the door kind of by ourselves at first, because what we did is we really focused on treating every single wedding, no matter what, as if it was a luxury wedding. So we were booking weddings off of the knot and wedding wire and these places where, you know, it's, it's a decent budget. The couples are having a budget of maybe $3,500 and they weren't investing $10,000 yet, but we were shooting those type of weddings as if they were the most expensive, the most important wedding that we would shoot that year. So for what, you know, for us logistically, what that meant is that we would shoot the day in the most cohesive way we could. We would, I mean, we're talking weddings that had like seven different locations, you know, like two different getting ready houses. They're getting ready in their mom's living room. Um, (laughs) The groom is getting ready in their little apartment together with no natural light or things like that. And then we're going to a brick church and then from there to a different park for portraits and then to like what I call a wedding factory, you know, the type of uh, type of venues that have seven weddings going on at once and you can hear the other party happening through the walls. Yeah, been there. <laughs> if you yeah. are from the East Coast, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, <laughs> stay away. So we were shooting these type of weddings, you know, back in our early years. And the challenge for us became, let's shoot five images at each wedding that we can be really proud of. So whether that means, you know, 
taking pictures off the wall in their parents' living room to have one blank white wall that we could shoot a really editorial veil shot or focus in on something really tangible or whether it was starting to bring our own styling pieces so that when we were laying out some of the details, then the blogs wanted them because they looked more cohesive than if we had shot them on, you know, the maroon carpet that currently existed right? Yeah. <laughs> in that hotel room. Um, so we started really applying ourselves and challenging ourselves to shoot five images in the style that we would be really proud of. And people started noticing, you know, because these weren't high-end weddings yet, but we were attempting to shoot them in a way that was high-end. And I think for us, challenging ourselves in that way helped us initially get our foot in the door of higher-priced, more luxury weddings um, because planners and brides and grooms were seeing that we could kind of make magic out of maybe a scenario that wasn't quite magical in real life. Um, And so just, just challenging ourselves with at least five images from every single wedding that we could be proud of, that we could blog, that we could Instagram, that we would consider in our style that we wanted to aim towards. Um, That, that was what really got our foot in the door when we started getting some of these higher end weddings with like bigger budgets and, you know, a little bit, more defined style of what we really resonated with. Um, so that was, that was a big, big help for us just challenging ourselves. Yeah, no, that's a great tip. I mean, if you, if you're not shooting what you want to shoot at the moment, you know, how could, I think it's a great tip for a listener to be like, how can I elevate this wedding to be more aligned or attuned to what you're drawn to or what you want to shoot in the future. And I, I think even yeah. for my, even for myself, I had a similar epiphany where, you know, I was, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to bring something to shoot my paper on because I can't do this navy carpet or the maroon right. carpet <laughs> or this like terrible designed car. Why do hotels have the worst carpets in the they world? They do. It's like they don't think about the fine art photography I know. <laughs> angle of what their rooms could be. <laughs> it's just so funny. And so I was like, I have to bring my own stuff. And I started out bringing my own paper. I, I would bring Absolutely. my own. Yeah, I brought rifle paper. The mm-hmm. wrapping paper was like four dollars a sheet. Yeah, and then I would yeah, and I would put the invitations on it, and I, and then I would take the you know the pictures and be like, oh, I really like that. And then yeah, it helps you know tell the cohesion of the sto- of the wedding day for the couple a little bit better. Yeah, and it also trains your eye, because I know for me when I think about luxury wedding photography, I think of clean editorial images. And I think if you train your eye to see that no matter where you are, that will really shift your perspective and really help you create stronger images. Because now I feel like all I need is one styling board and one window, and I can give couples very editorial, beautiful images during the getting ready time of the day. If I just have one sheer curtain on a window and one piece of fabric to shoot details on and it, it but it really trains your eye to realize you don't need as much as you think you need you actually right. almost need to simplify <laughs> exactly no and that's remove a, that's, distractions yeah that's a great that's great advice I love that you moved the paintings down because I would do Always. that too sometimes <laughs> yeah it's like can I just take this off sorry bye yep, exactly <laughs> goodbye generic hotel and thank you immediate dress hanger spot <laughs> exactly you're like yeah this white wall will do <laughs> Exactly. So I was going to ask you, like, um, you know, how you would create sort of a luxury brand without any luxury weddings um, to show on your website and social. But it kind of sounds like, you know, making those five images would be a good place to start. 
Definitely. Yeah. I would start there. I mean, I definitely have a couple other things to add to that, but that would be my initial recommendation for anybody looking to elevate their images is start where you're at. You don't have to attend a $5,000 workshop tomorrow in order to start creating or start training your eye in that way. Although I do think that workshops are an incredible investment, especially if you're new to film or new to this type of editorial shooting. Um, But yeah, I would absolutely recommend starting with that. And then what we've realized is that the luxury market is all about trust. They want to know that you are going to give them beautiful, beautiful images. And they're not necessarily looking for creativity. They're looking for consistency. And I Mm -hmm. think that's a really key differentiation. Um, You know, they're not necessarily looking for you to be the most creative person. They're looking for you to shoot what they've seen already. They love what they've seen. If they have hired you, they love what they see. They want you to provide them with exactly what they expect, but even a little bit better. So, you know, for us, it becomes less about, um, you know, trying to get these crazy shots or different angles. It's about shooting the most consistent way because the trust factor that they have in you is what will create, um, you know, that, that level of making them willing to invest over $10,000 in their photography with you. So I think that's really important to keep in mind as we talk about the luxury market. And then, um, as far as, you know, if you don't have those luxury weddings in your, in your portfolio yet, nobody does (laughs) at first. Right. Yeah. You have to start somewhere. somewhere. Yeah, we all start somewhere. And so for us, what we would do is we would set up shoots at all the different venues that we wanted to shoot at. And I think venues is a big part of it because the venue determines so much of the look of the wedding day. Mm -hmm. So we would just target the venues that we really wanted to get in with. We would send the, you know, we would dig the email out of the internet somewhere of the person who ran either the catering or, or whoever was in charge of the events at these venues. And we would email them, introduce ourselves. We would, um, We would create the whole style and vision board ourselves. We would, you know, rent the gowns ourselves. We would do everything by ourselves at first, um, other than the venue. And we would just kind of describe what we wanted to do, share how much of an asset it would be to that venue. If we would work together, we would obviously give them all the free images. We even made some really beautiful coffee table books out of the shoots that we did at different venues and just kind of gave them to them as... Mm -hmm free marketing material for both them and us and several venues in our area still have those. They need to be replaced probably. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's awesome. Yeah. We did that a ton. Did the venues uh, charge you for that? Yeah, we, we absolutely rented venues. I mean, I think that there's a, there's a conception out there that you're always going to be able to do everything for free. Like, Oh, it's collaboration. It's networking. But when you don't have that portfolio or that luxury, you know, brand or that um, reputation yet of being somebody that people want to work with, then you have to pay for it sometimes. And I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. We definitely rented a couple of venues and spent hundreds of dollars on, you know, just a site rental fee in order to create um, some beautiful images. And I can tell you right now that it has paid off literally probably hundreds of thousands of dollars worth in the past wow. 10 years. That's amazing. Um, because you're able to use those images, you're able to tag the venue, you're able to blog them and use the SEO and the keywords. So then every bride who's getting married at that venue who's Googling or searching on Pinterest, you're popping right up and they're going to book you because that trust is there. They see it, they like it, and they trust you. Um, so absolutely, we would we would pay. We, we would pay floral designers we wanted to work with. Um, 
you know, wedding planners, anything like that, because it's their time too. Um, and I would also recommend not necessarily aiming for like the number one person in the field. I, like, I don't think you want to be like immediately reaching out to Lynn Easton, Easton events, <laughs> you know, like don't aim for like the number, number one. I would say find people who are doing really good work in your area, who you can build a relationship with, who are not quite at that level yet, which you're not at that, quite, you know, quite at that level yet either. Right. And you can grow together. And that's what we did. We, we didn't really aim for <laughs> like the best planners or the best florists yet when we didn't have a portfolio like that. We, we took our time. We kind of had this, like the long game <laughs> right. where we were just slowly building our portfolio. And then, you know, eventually the time came where we felt more confident in emailing those higher, higher end people and introducing ourselves because we had a lot more work to show. So doing those styled shoots, um, you know, creating relationships with people in your area is everything as far as building your portfolio up to that point where those uber stylish brides who want to invest a lot in their wedding day are going to connect with you and love you. Yeah. I think there's also a great tip too, about connecting with people like at your same level, like basically same experience level, or maybe a little higher if you can, Right. if Mm -hmm. you like connect or meet with them in person and you're like, Hey, I would love to work with you. And most people are like, okay, you know, (laughs) definitely. (laughs) And then just sort of building from there, because if you, let's say you create a really beautiful editorial, that's the vibe and the clientele you're going after and that gets picked up you know exactly what you said like putting on your blog interest uh interest I was just like that was Pinterest and Instagram together (laughs) interest it kind of worked (laughs) yeah so Pinterest uh Instagram your blog SEO like all those things can help you pretty much like forever like I feel like I have yes (laughs) yeah I have like a couple of shoots that still to this day that are literally five years old still get picked up by Martha and the knot and they want an image or two. Like if you can create like strong imagery, it will, it will be with you forever. You know, it really well, it's such an investment. And if you think about a couple hundred dollars worth of an investment into a shoot versus the thousands and thousands of dollars that you can create in real income after that, I mean, that's what it's all about is creating a sustainable income that you can, you know, support your family with and, yeah. <laughs> and all of these different things. So yeah. And getting published is so big um, for breaking into the destination or luxury market because all of these brides who really care about the aesthetics of their wedding day and are really investing a lot in, you know, both the aesthetic and the photography and the planning and all of that, those brides are all looking on Martha Stewart. They're looking on Style Me Pretty. They're looking at these big name, um, you know, wedding blogs and magazines for inspiration for their own day. And again, back to the trust. I mean, you want to be a trusted, a trusted name in the industry, whereas they feel so confident that you are going to do your absolute best that you can to give them beautiful images. And not only are you saying that to them, like, Hey, I'm going to do a great job for you, but they're hearing that from maybe like the best dress boutique in your city, or they're hearing that from the planner that they hired. They're hearing it from the venue, like, Oh, you're working with them. Awesome. They give us the best images afterwards. We love working with them. Right. Yeah. Um, they're hearing about you, not just from yourself, but they're seeing and building that trust from potentially 10 different sources. I mean, it could be a blog, a wedding magazine, Pinterest, Instagram, their venue, their wedding planner, their florist, the dress shop. There are so many different touch points. So the more touch points you can be a part of, um, the more that the the bride or groom is really going to have that trust with you. And it goes for planners as well. Planners will trust that you're going to 
capture the day and all of their hard work in a really beautiful way and that you'll help them get it published and that you just kind of have this team mentality to really to really make everybody who's part of the wedding day um, be doing their best and just kind of working together as a as like a well-oiled machine for your couple (laughs) yeah I feel like the more times they hear your name and the more times you pop up in a search like the more times they're gonna remember you and write you down on their you know favorite list and then contact you like you you want to show up as much as possible Absolutely. Yeah. It always makes me really happy. And sometimes we'll have meetings with brides where they'll be like, you know, I was researching 10 venues in this city. Your name came up on all of them. Every time I clicked (laughs) an image, it was yours. And so I have to hire you. Um, And that is the best possible compliment that could, that could happen because they already have that trust built. And then they become amazing clients when they trust you like that. And you have a great experience working with this client because they're not so worried about, you, you know, they really trust you and value you. And so, yeah, so it's, it's not like a draining wedding to work. It's a wedding where you're appreciated and valued, which I think everybody wants to feel appreciated and valued. (laughs) I 100% 100 agree. I I love when my couples say, whatever you want, Janae, we trust you. Like whatever, yeah, whatever you want to shoot in this crazy place. Okay. You're going to make it. Yeah, we trust you. And I think a really good point, just to go back to what you said before, and I think it's actually really great to hear is that the client just wants consistency. Like they just want to know that you're going to deliver what you show, what you've already right. shown them on their wedding day. Cause I feel like sometimes, and you know, we can, as a photographer, like you can get stuck in your rut. You're like, Oh, I'm doing sort of the same thing over and over again. Yeah. But that's kind of what the client wants. Do you know what I it mean? Like, really is. yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like, sometimes you don't want to break the, the, bag you know you don't want to go too far from what you normally do right exactly I mean I know for me obviously I have a different perspective since I am a wedding photographer yeah but if I was thinking about who I would want to hire and trust with my wedding day I would want it to look like other weddings that they've shot I would want you know consistency I wouldn't necessarily be expecting something different I would be hoping that I would get what their signature shots were or what they're really well known for that would that would be why I would hire Exactly. I think having that, um, that perspective can also really help you from, you know, becoming burnt out or anything like that, because, you know, sometimes exactly like you were saying how you can be in a creative rut sometimes. Um, I think that's not necessarily going to translate into images that the client won't love. I think that, you know, if you're just repeating things that are, that are working and you have certain like poses and prompts that are just so beautiful every time you use them, why would you not keep using them? Um, so, I mean, I think that that's a little bit freeing to realize too, is, you know, we can do this in, (laughs) in our, yeah, like we can do this in the way that we really believe in. And, you know, it's a beautiful way, not that it's a format, but it's, it's a style and it's a signature look that you can deliver and clients will be really happy with it. Um, because that's what they want. They want to have, they want to see that beautiful consistency. They want those dreamy light filled images and they really like that. It's funny because now we get some couples request certain shots. Oh, really? Oh, that's awesome. Yes. Not in the way of like a Pinterest recreation shot, but they'll be pulling up our image and being like, Oh, I love when you do this. And we'll be like, okay, cool. We can absolutely do that for you guys. Oh, that's (laughs) awesome. I love that. Oh, that's yeah, so good. That's... Yeah. And it's unexpected. I mean, that's 
not something we necessarily like intentionally set out to do is have any signature shots, but But apparently um, you do. (laughs) Apparently. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) Well, I know we've talked about this a bunch, but you know, our market, the wedding photography market has definitely become, you know, a bit overwhelmed with a lot of photographers um, over the years. And I kind of wanted obviously to get your advice and your opinion sort of for the people listening like, what would be your top three tips for standing out in a saturated market? Oh, that's such a good question. Absolutely. And I think you're totally right. It seems like, you know, hundreds of new photographers join the industry each year. And if your focus isn't right, it can seem a little scary. Um, you know, like, is this sustainable? Is there really going to be enough weddings to go around? Right. And we can all calm down because there is, <laughs> there are plenty of enough, there's plenty of weddings to go around. And, um, but standing out has become more of a challenge than I think it used to, where maybe in our parents' generation, they would just open the phone book and there's two wedding photographers in their city and they just pick one. <laughs> um, so it's definitely different now. Um, so three tips for standing out in a saturated market. I think number one has to be developing your signature style and your signature look. Um, you know, there's a lot of photographers who shoot film. There's a lot of photographers who shoot digital. There's a lot of us who use the same exact lab for our film. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we shoot at similar venues. And I think learning to block out the noise and really focusing on what makes your heart skip a beat. What type of images, when you create them, you're like, oh, yes, like that was it. That's your style and your look. The things that you shoot that you absolutely love and that your clients are connecting to, that's your style. And, you know, keep almost keep your blinders on to the rest of the industry a little bit and just focus on what you love. I mean, I shoot a significant amount less of um, editorials with high-end models than a lot of other people do um, kind of in our our realm of price range. And that's kind of a conscious decision on our part because I just generally like real couples better for editorials. And we definitely do work with models too. But but there's certain things that you feel like maybe you have to do them just because other people are doing them. And I think just kind of staying in your lane, as Joanna Gaines says, (laughs) (laughs) stay in your lane, you know, find your style, find your signature look and commit to it. And don't keep changing up your editing style. Don't keep second guessing yourself. Just really learn what you love, what your clients love about your work and keep doing that. And then number two, networking with amazing planners and venues. I think that is the biggest thing. Um, as far as building a locally sustainable business too. I mean, we, we have a little bit of a different approach because we have an associate photography team of 10, 10 associates as well as our business of, you know, myself and Tim shooting weddings. So we focus a lot on destination weddings for the two of us, but we also focus a lot on, you know, more of the local East coast weddings for our associate team. So we kind of have a foot in both a little bit. Um, but networking with amazing planners and venues, that is so key to standing out because a personal recommendation from some, you know, from some planner or venue is always going to hold more weight than a random Google search. Right. So establishing those, you know, relationships with planners and venues so that, you know, the couple already has one, not only do they like your photos, but you're recommended and you're trusted. And then that kind of leads into probably my third tip, which is to establish yourself as a trusted source and expert in your field. Um, And I think you can do that through publications, you know, getting your work published on big national publications and magazines, um, having an excellent social media strategy. 
both of those things are going to go a really long way in legitimizing you and your brand and making you stand out in a market that is so saturated. Um, You know, if, if a bride or groom connects with your social media presence over another photographer, they're going to be that much more likely to book you. So, you know, connecting with brides where they're at, where are your brides living? Are they on Pinterest? Are they all coming from planners? Is it a mix of both? Um, and really analyzing that and then targeting the spots where you might be a little bit less strong um, is a good action point for 2019. You know, like maybe you don't ever pin your images to Pinterest or maybe you, you know, don't submit to blogs. Um, you can work on either of those throughout the next year and just take it one step at a time and aim to enrich your business in those areas. And that will really help you stand out. Yeah, that's, that's awesome advice. I feel like blogging people listening, you have to blog, blog your weddings. And I, I don't know if yes. you, <laughs> like you have to get out there. Like, you know, you can't control anything. Like you can't control Facebook. You can't control Instagram because they're not yours. But the one, right. the one thing you can control is your blog. Like you're paying, yes. you're paying for it. So you should, you know, you can control it. And also, I don't know if you use Tailwind, but this is like my new favorite app for Pinterest. And uh, I, yeah, it's like automatically pin stuff. So what, I, what I've been doing is going through my old weddings from like years ago and then putting it in Tailwind and it automatically goes. So like, it's really, really amazing. So I'm trying that out. And I think anybody listening, those are three great tips for them. And, you know, blogging and using Tailwind and, you know, being the authority, the expert in your field is awesome. And I think, you know, going into like networking and making connections and, you know, those are such a big part of getting bigger weddings. You know, you've been talking a lot about planners. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I want to talk about maybe if you could share some advice on how, you know, how do you network with the planner? Like, how do you keep that real? Like, how do you even kind of make those connections? Oh, for sure. Yeah, because I think it can be really overwhelming. You know, you don't just want to cold call people and be like, hi, I'm a great photographer. Recommend (laughs) me to your couples. (laughs) Hire me. Hire me. Um, Yeah, so I think a couple things that, you know, you can do to really build that relationship is, you know, you can just start commenting on their social media and just show their work some love. And I know for me, if somebody's commenting a lot, I recognize their name and I start to really remember who they are. Um, So I think just engaging in a really natural way on social media, you know, instead of just double tapping, leave a comment. And that's one thing that I actually have a goal for myself in 2019 is when I genuinely like a picture to leave a nice comment instead of just a double tap. Um, Because I think likes can get buried, but comments are, you know, almost everybody reads their comments. So I think that that's a really natural way to start interacting with planners or florists or venues who you really want to work with. Um, And then I also think too, that you can, I mean, feel free to send them an email and just say, Hey, you know, this is my specialty. Here's the type of couples I love working with. Here's my pricing. I love your work. And if you ever think that there's a bride who, you know, might be a great fit for exactly what we do, I would love the opportunity to work together. And then you can also, you know, offer to do shoots together. Everybody needs new content, especially in the winter months. Um, You know, everybody always needs updated headshots. So those are some things that you can offer as well, as far as networking in a really genuine way. Um, And I'm really big on this. I don't, I think there's a little bit of a I I don't know if you call it maybe like sucking up to like planners that you want to work with or something like that. And I'm not about that. I think that it should be genuine (laughs) or nothing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I think that it should be something that where, 
you really connect with their work. You really see yourself as the type of photographer that they, you know, seem to enjoy working with. And you really genuinely think it would be a mutual, um, you know, relationship. So I think just being really genuine, you know, you can share their posts on your social media, like on your story or something like, wow, what a cool design this planner had, um, you know, giving them some shout outs and love, I think is really cool too. And just anything that you can offer, um, and bring to the table as far as being an amazing person to work with. I know that planners recommend people the most who are very easy to work with and who are always great about sharing images freely. Um, you oh know, yeah, that's another big topic. That's a big thing. Yeah. And we share it with everybody. I mean, yeah. we just create a little favorites folder out of every gallery. We have the freedom to just download those images. It's normally a curated selection of about a hundred. So we kind of, you know, we still control the flow of what gets out there a little bit. Um, but we are so free with our images. I mean, anybody who worked on the wedding is free to use them, the high res, they don't need a watermark, nothing like that. Um, so I think if you can have that approach to it, the planners will really enjoy working with you too. Yeah, no, I agree. I feel like this is like definitely another podcast episode, but I feel like um, <laughs> it's definitely going to be on T with Janae solo. Nice. I, I, yeah. I, I, you know, I feel like you took the pictures, you, you own the art, you know, you're the creator of the content, but you didn't get there by yourself, right? Like exactly. you had the florist made those flowers, the venue, made the venue like you you right you know everybody wants the end result which is the picture the proof and you know I I know like my goal for this year um which I'm finally getting to now because it's like catch-up season um is sending everybody their their images and I have to say like the response is so they always are so happy everybody and Absolutely. I feel like if you want more referrals and to be you know working with those people the, the images are your way in. I feel like that definitely don't for, like don't forget that, you know? Yeah, it's simple but really necessary. I mean, people remember if you're easy to work with or great to work with or if you were kind of difficult. I mean, people want to work with people who are gonna make it a team effort. Right. Um, so the nicer you can be, the more easy to work with you can be, the more helpful you can be to any of the vendors on the wedding day. Um, I mean, I'm thinking specifically, we had this one wedding in Charleston a couple months ago where a freak thunderstorm and rainstorm blew through, open air tent and blew everything over. And because of the rain and the weather, we ended up switching the ceremony. So cocktail hour happened for an hour and then the ceremony, and then immediately reception, which meant that we would have no time to actually shoot the details of the reception tent, which were really beautiful. I knew, and I knew that that was a priority to them. So I just kind of like grabbed a dish rag and started, you know, wiping the water off the chairs and off the plates. And me and the planners and the florist all worked together at lightning speed to reset everything so that we could shoot it 10 minutes before the new ceremony start time. And those are the type of weddings that you're just working together seamlessly doing what needs to be done for the purpose of creating an amazing end result for the client, because that's what it's all about. So you have to have that team approach and I adore that planner. And I know that she loves us and we like working together. So 
it's just kind of, you know, be selfless, be, be a team player. It's not about you on the wedding day. It's right. more about, you know, how you can all come together to create an amazing experience. So yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you on that. And I can't wait to hear your thoughts on <laughs> solo to <laughs> today about that topic too. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely going to get its own episode. Cause I have friends that are like, no, we don't share. Uh, they could pay for it. And I'm like, gosh, you're doing yourself a disservice. Really you know, are. and yeah. yeah, and I just am very passionate about it. And I, I had, I definitely said rules, you know, like, right, if you're going to share it, like, you have to tag me, and you, if when you, if you wanted an advertisement, you have to pay me. Like, there are definitely parameters. Oh, but, for sure. But in the grand scheme of things, I, and I tell some of my couples, I'm like, I want you to plaster these all over the universe. Like, I want everyone yes. to see them. Because <laughs> again, what we're talking share about at the beginning of the episode is the more times they see you, the more time they're going to contact you and hire you. Absolutely. Yeah. It's all about building that trust. So you're doing yourself huge favors if you do share freely because you're getting tied them by the makeup artist and the planner and the venue and prospective brides see all of that. So it's, it's only going to do wonderful things for your business. And if it's the type of wedding where like, maybe you aren't proud of what you captured that day, you should still have at least five, right? Right, yeah. (laughs) That you would be proud of that you can have those images shared. So I would challenge you if, you know, if you're maybe not shooting the type of weddings you want to be or couples aren't giving you time or it's all at night or, you know, so many different reasons why you might not want to plaster them everywhere. Um, But challenge yourself. You can at least have five and share those five with everybody. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's a great challenge. I love it. So we're like going right to the beginning again. This is so good. (laughs) Yes, exactly. This is very cohesive. Yeah, so good. (laughs) So you and I both shoot film. We're both hybrid photographers. <laughs> and, we, and we both incorporated to um around the same time which is amazing and yeah I think our contacts are worth way more now I'm sure than what you pay for it because mine's like double the price oh I'm, definitely yes yeah. <laughs> makes me very happy I'm like good investment good choice yeah <laughs> <laughs> but for like the people who are listening and film is not something that I've actually talked that much about which is you know more more interviews to come and podcasts to come But for the people that are listening that are thinking about adding film to their workflow, you know, what would you recommend for someone to get started? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And first of all, if you're thinking about jumping in to film, you should. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The answer is yes. That's the first thing. The answer is always yes. Um, Yeah. I would recommend buying a 35 millimeter camera first. It, It works very similarly to your digital SLRs. So it's not as much of a learning curve as jumping right to medium format. So if you shoot Canon, you can pick up a Canon 1V. If you shoot Nikon, I believe it's a Nikon F100. That is a good 35 millimeter. It also gives you more shots per roll to test and play with. You get 36 shots per roll instead of just the 16 that is medium format. Um, So I would say pick up an inexpensive 35 millimeter camera, buy a light meter as well, and then set up a call with a great film lab. I use PhotoVision. I know that you use Indie, right? Right, yeah. Indie, yeah, Indie and Film the Lab. The Fine Lab is great. Um, yeah. Richards is great. There are so many excellent film labs. Um, so I've been working with PhotoVision since my very first role of film. And one thing that is so helpful that I think a lot of people don't realize that they can do, but email the lab and set up a phone consultation with them. These guys who run these film labs are so passionate about this medium, and I think that it can help you and give you a boost and a jumpstart 
just to talk with someone for a half an hour on the phone. And I promise you that any of them will want to. (laughs) Um, They're so passionate about film and they will really kind of walk you through what to expect as you start shooting film. So that is, that would be my second recommendation. So number one, buy a 35 millimeter camera. Number two, set up a call with a great film lab and just ask them to walk you through the basics. Um, And then once you've shot your first couple rolls of film, ask for feedback from them. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, set up a call again and say, what did I do wrong here? Um, Why is this more grainy than I would like? Why does it have a muddy tone to the shadows? And your film lab will explain, oh, well, you were a stop underexposed here. And that's why your shadows are muddy. And so you'll learn a lot faster than if you just try to figure it out yourself. And then I would also highly recommend attending a film workshop, a space where you can just be immersed in it for a day or two, hear from an expert in the field who has been shooting film for a long time, Um, you know, challenge yourself to maybe only shoot film during the style shoot portion of the workshop and just really ask tons of questions. And that will give you a confidence boost because you'll have a better understanding of what the basics of film are, you know, why the light responds differently to film than it does to digital, you know, all the rules of overexposure versus underexposure in film and how wildly different they are from digital. Yeah, totally. Um, Yeah, there's so many things to learn and jump into. And so I think the more education you can give yourself in the first year or two from your film lab or from, you know, a mentorship or a workshop, that is only going to make your learning curve so much quicker. Um, And then just practice. I mean, practice constantly in every lighting scenario, practice indoors, um, practice outdoors, you know, shoot one, one frame straight into the sun so you can understand how washed out film makes it. And then angle yourself 45 degrees and block the sun and you'll see the difference. The little things like that where you're just practicing over and over and over again, um, opening up your aperture wide and then stopping down to 5.6 and, you know, understanding what that does to your film scans. Um, they're, you know, just practice <laughs> constantly. Yeah. And it's going to be a little bit of a, like, you might feel like you're throwing away money at first because your photos will not be very good <laughs> the first couple rolls. Unless you're a you magician. Know, Unless you're a magician, <laughs> but I mean, the first time that you're shooting film, you're just kind of learning this new medium. It's, it's very different than digital. So, um, but keep pushing through and keep persevering and keep asking for feedback and, you know, really teach yourself and understand why they didn't come out the way you wanted them to. And then you will improve so quickly if you do that. So just keep practicing. So those are uh, maybe three tips for jumping into the world of film (laughs) yeah no I think that's great I think it's scary but I think you know if you really if your heart is pulling you there you should just do it you know you should yeah and you know (laughs) I think it's also good um the money that the cost I know people get freaked out about that but you know I think a a good tip is to make like a film fund you know like if you want to get if you want to get into film you know put 50 bucks a week away and that's what you get to play with every month and just sort of the developing is like the most expensive part, really. So just it like is your development yeah. fund. Absolutely. And the other thing to keep in mind, too, is that it's a trade off. I mean, film is a luxury service. And, you know, if you shoot film, you already have a leg up on so many other, you know, businesses in your area because it's such a luxury and fine art product that the end result is. So it does even out because you can charge more. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> for the service. So, you know, a little bit of a, a trade-off at first as far as cost versus reward but if you keep sticking with it the reward will outweigh the cost (laughs) I love that I love that and you know I want to quickly just talk about I know you have a couple of workshops coming up this year why don't you tell everybody about those 
Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of education, I love, I love teaching. Um, if you are newer into the film world, especially, there is a conference called the Hybrid Co. that I am a part of, and it's coming up in May in Nashville. And you can just go to thehybridco.com, I believe is the website. I'll be teaching. My class is full right now, but in the next week, they will be opening up um, a secondary shoot in class with me as well. And then we teach workshops um, Every year. So this year we have two U.S.-based workshops and one in France. Um, The first first, um, U.S. one and the France one are sold out. But we are about to add a late autumn date for Malibu Rocky Oaks in California. And it's going to be absolutely epic. (laughs) So we would love. So pretty. Oh, my gosh. It's beautiful. It's such a dream. So we are finalizing dates for that now. We already have the creative team, florist, and venue in place. So we are just kind of putting the few finishing pieces together. And then we will be launching that and opening it up very soon. So if you want to get on the pre-launch list for that, you can send me an email. It's info at laurenfairphotography.com. So just I-N-F-O, info. And we will get you added to the pre-list because we do send out a list to our email subscribers um, a week before it opens up to general, the general public. So if you want to get on the list a little bit earlier, send me an email and it's going to be our last one that has any availability for 2019. So we would <laughs> love to see you there. It's going to be beautiful. We have a killer team in place. And um, I love talking about business and marketing and how to create a sustainable business. So it's a really good mix between you know, beautiful portfolio building shoot, but also some really hard hitting business advice. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well. Yeah, so that's Ooh, what we kind of focus so on. So send that's me the... an email if you want to come. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll put all of Lauren's information in the show notes. So you guys, um, it'll all be there. So you could just click on there and you can send her an email and you can visit her website and say hi on Insta. So Lauren, yes, this has please. been so amazing. Thank you so much. I'm so happy you're on the podcast. Yay! Oh, thanks, Janae. Thanks for the great questions and such a good topic to talk about. So I hope that this helps, you know, somebody listening who's hoping to kind of jump up into that next level. And if you have any questions, I would love to chat with you, you know, say hi on Instagram. I'm just at Lauren Fair or send me an email. And um, yeah, this was so fun. Thank you for having me on. Thank you so much. Okay. Say bye. All right. Bye, Janae. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. that's it you guys today's episode was incredible a huge shout out and a big thank you to lauren for taking time to uh, chat with me and sharing her knowledge and advice with everybody it was really really fun and lauren and tim are the best so if you guys want to find out more about lauren and see more of her work and say hi to her on instagram you can visit their website at www.laurenfairphotography.com or over on the gram you can go to www instagram.com forward slash Lauren Fair. And I'm going to put all this information in the show notes so you guys can just quickly uh, click on the links and say hi. 
And again, if you have any questions about um, breaking into luxury weddings, definitely send her a DM. Uh, tell her you listened to her on Tea with Janae. And uh, yeah, she'll help you out. So thank you so much for your kind support. You guys mean everything to me. Uh, thanks for listening to the end if you've made it. And we'll see you again soon.